0: Support for Great Minds is provided by The Wine Store, located at 1200 Central Avenue in Naples. The Wine Store offers a unique selection of wines from small production, artisan, and family-owned wineries. Their in-store wine education center hosts classes for the novice and connoisseur alike. Details are at thewinestorenaples.com.
1: Hello and welcome to Great Minds, a wine-centric podcast where two wine-loving friends take a look beyond what's in the glass. We dig a little deeper into the
0: stories, the culture, and the history behind wine. I'm Julie Glenn. And I'm Gina Birch. Another very important part of the wine puzzle is the people, the farmers, the winemakers, the winery owners, all of whom have a story. And we have one of those people in the studio with us today, Steve Alden. Uh, Steve is a grower and a collaborator of Murder Ridge Winery. Welcome to Great Minds, Steve. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's, it's your first time uh, in Southwest Florida? Uh, it's actually my second time. Okay. I came, I so you're came not a virgin? No, not.
2: not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Sorry. It's so, killing me already. Breaking the ice. It's been around the whole time. <laughs>
1: so you, uh, you describe yourself primarily as a farmer.
2: Yes. Yeah, that's my business. I'm photographer, a farmer, for, turned far, photographer turned farmer. Photographer turned farmer. How'd that had a happen? Degree in journalism. Uh, my family has always been ranchers. We've always had cattle, we've always been had fa- farmers. Um, my wife's father grew 200 acres of Brussels sprouts his entire life. Oh, my god, those are popular uh, again now! Yes, yes. And, but most of the time he's retired now, most of the time he had them, they weren't popular. He's yeah. like, darn it, that so, yeah. was before, before my time, right? And he would always <laughs> tell me, you know, if I had my choice, I would have grown grapes. Oh, um, but uh. Uh, in the early 90s, this is a family ranch in 1951 that was purchased by my grandfather. In the early 90s, I became involved. And at the time, I was working as a professional photographer. And I thought uh, my wife and I had a discussion. I said, well, I can work as, as a photographer during the winter, and I'll farm during the summers, and we'll have a great time. <laughs> and uh, before I knew it, it was 24-7 farming. Yeah. And so I, I closed the, the doors on my cabinet for the photography and did not pick it up until we started the winery. Actually, I had to actually go buy a camera.
0: Oh my gosh, no. you even got rid of your gear. No,
2: I had gear, but I couldn't buy film for it. It was oh, all Kodachrome still. Oh, yeah. And it was that long ago. Your are old school. Yes. yes oh, I loved
1: being in the dark room. That was always my favorite part, even yeah. though it stunk. But <laughs> Yeah.
2: I spent many, many hours in the dark room. Well yeah. tell us
0: about a grower. I mean, because we don't have what's in the bottle unless we have you guys on the ground growing uh, the grapes, the nectar of the gods. Right. Oh, nectar of the gods. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, my uh a good friend of mine who owns Mariah Vineyards and I speak regular on the phone and I can see his place from my place and vice versa. But it takes two hours for us to drive from place to place oh, because of the mountainous mm-hmm. area. And we'll, we'll call each other. We're, we've been working hard all day, covered with dirt. And we always end it with, uh, it's the lifestyle. Remember, it's the <laughs> lifestyle. It's the reason we do this. Yeah. And uh, so I'm, I'm up in the mountains of Mendocino County on the coast, all within the coastal zone near the town of Wallala. Um, it's in the Mendocino Ridge AVA. Which so, you
0: helped designate.
2: Which I, I did help. I helped write the AVA. That's and, really cool. And get it uh, approved uh, with my buddy Dan Dooling, the guy I we have regular phone calls. We call ourselves phone buddies. We're <laughs> like two high school girls, I think. You know? <laughs> yeah, That <laughs> well, makes the drive a little bit more right, fun. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And um, so the area is very mountainous and very rugged. So this isn't farming like you would see, you know, in a normal place uh, in the valley mm-hmm. um, where it's flat or even rolling. So we use all crawlers tractors because uh, it's just too dangerous to be on wheels in the area Um, we do all of our farming is uh, we're dry farmed we do not till because we don't want to create any erosion Hmm. and we're it's very stressed very stressed soils so we're looking at very low yields in those mountains so it's always kind of a you know can we make it or not last year i had a really good year uh tonnage wise this year I'm always a contrarian because when everybody else in other areas have great uh, great tonnages, we have low tonnages. And so this year in Sonoma and all my buddies are telling me, oh, we had a record crop. I'm like, well, I'm off 50%. Yeah. You know? wow. and, and the year that, they, that they're not doing quite as well, I'm doing well. And I, I'm not really sure what it is, but we're always kind of, backwards from the curve
1: that's kind of weird so okay so you're the grower but then how did the winery come about and what is how did that evolve
2: so so we've had um every grower's dream is to make their own wine because we all think we can do it better (laughs) yeah (laughs) than the people you sell it to right right and i so you know coming back to uh being a grower i'm one of the few growers that i sell to quite a few premium wineries can you name drop um, so I, I, sell to, <laughs> I sell to Arista, I sell to Donalyn, I sell to Ed Meads, Witching Stick, Cartograph, Donkey and the Goat, um, three or four others. Mm-hmm. Um, they all put my name on the label, Pearly Vineyards. We, mm-hmm. So our vineyards, we have five different vineyards, uh, blocks, and uh, spread over three miles of Ridgetop, and they all put Pearly Vineyards on the on the label, which is really cool. Nice. Um, but when you buy grapes from me, I tell them, you're not buying them, you're renting them. <laughs> and if I don't like what you're doing, I will
0: take them back. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have the power. Yeah. yeah. And, well, just uh, like
1: they want to protect their names, you know, all the time without, you know, right. having growers say that they sell to them. You got to protect your, your vineyard designation, too.
2: Right. Correct. Right. And, and so I'm one of the few growers who actually visits on a regular basis the various wineries that I sell to. And, you know, I get probably a little annoying <laughs> you know, because I, I'm going in, I'm walking in. And I, I started this I, my first winery I ever sold to was Ed Mead's. And mm-hmm. they had a production facility in Philo. And Van Williamson, who's one of my really good friends now, um, was it was a winemaker. And, and I would bring in – he kind of took me through the ropes of wine and winemaking and how it's done – and then uh, Edmead's is owned by Kendall Jackson and they folded Kendall Edmead's into one of their larger wineries to be made. And so the first year I'm bringing in my grapes instead of bringing them into the small Edmead's facility, I'm I'm going into one of their larger facilities. And I get done I do do all the deliveries, I get everything in, and then a week later, like normal, I drive up, jump out of my truck and walk in the winery. <laughs> and I could see people looking at me like, oh, no, grower in the building, grower in the building. Yeah. He's back. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Right. What's going on? <laughs> the little alarm's going off. And I just well, I walked up to the office and, and, you know, and then, you know, now it's like, hey, there's Steve. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's here to taste his wine. Um, you know, and, it's a, and I discuss things with all the winemakers, uh, go through, you know, what are you doing? How would you see this year? Edme's was really great because Van would keep all my lots, no matter how small, separate. And then I would experiment on those lots and and we could see what, what came about. Mm-hmm. So as I went through farming, I kept readjusting what I did to produce a grape that I thought made more pleasing wine over time. That's cool. And it really, it was an education that that really, you know, coming from the photography background, still having the ranching behind me, um, it really educated me on what to do
1: hands on. I and, love learning new, new stuff. Is so great, isn't it? Right, but right. then you got no, addicted.
0: Now you're making wine. Was yeah, that the turning yeah, yeah. point? Then you're fine. Like I'm ready right. to do this. Well,
2: I'm, yeah, I'm 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 ready to do this. Um, we started. I started Murder Ridge with a with a partner who was a winemaker, a good friend. Her name's Leslie Cisneros, and she was the winemaker of of the wines that we're we're trying now um and we we started this and uh, as time went on uh we've been doing this a couple years and she's decided to leave the company so now i'm kind of taking the roles as winemaker van williamson is uh is assisting me so the ed winemaker um so i'm i'm at the winery i'm making it at a different winery than he makes his wine at and i see something i call him <laughs> and Van is very much an intervention. He doesn't do any interventions. And I'll say, this is what's happening. What would you do? Well, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. <laughs> yeah, thanks. And then he says, well, other people would do this. And he goes through the, the process with me and something I may not know. And then my theory is I, I want to be n- not completely just, you know, there it is. But I don't want to intervene too much. So I just a little bit just to help it get over the hump if we're having a problem. It's like in my farming, I often tell people to buy grapes for me. I'm organic till I can't be. Mm-hmm. So I'm everything I want to do is don't touch it. So I'm doing all native ferments, all native, all you know, all the way through. Let's not touch it. Let's not do too much. But if a problem arises, we may have to do a right. little bit. So. So it's kind of the hands-off character. And it's the same, like I said, the same way in my farming. I don't want to um, crowd what it is that my land produces, the flavors. I don't want to change that. I don't want to add too much. I don't want to be out there fertilizing and liming the ground and doing all those things. I'm I'm more hands-off. If the vines say, I really need something, I'll add it because I don't want to a dead vine. Well, right.
1: they're your babies, and you don't want them to suffer too much. Right,
2: right. right. That's right. I mean, right. you want them
0: suffer enough to give you some good that's grapes. Right. But... And
2: I know every one of them.
1: <laughs> I bet
2: you do. And They know, probably I... all have names. Yes, yes. Uh... <laughs>
0: What's the one that's in the glass <laughs> uh, in front of us? It's a
2: beautiful Chardonnay. All right. It's and be- is this,
0: do you only make one Chardonnay?
2: We only make one Chardonnay. So that comes from our potato patch vineyard.
0: Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the
2: Chardonnay's grown at just over 2,000 feet on the coast. So it makes a beautiful, pretty... Um it
1: smells fresh. Yeah, it smells so good. Yes, yes.
2: And it's 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 actually it's fermented in oak but but used oak.
1: I do um, love that. I, I like that. I like the fermented for, and used oak thing because it just adds just enough but definitely not too r- much.
2: Right. It doesn't take over the shard. It gives a
0: not a, at all. It's very it's still very crisp and just has a little roundness there on the finish. In mm-hmm. the mid, mid palate too. Um but it's a really nice mm, oh now the finish That's is That's some nice acidity. Thick. I'm really like, getting some of
2: that. That's the coast, you know. Yeah. We actually, it was funny. So this year, I'm I'm talking with Dave Reddy, who's the winemaker now of Ed Meads, and again, I'm sitting in there at the desk next to him, saying, "Hey, pull up your spreadsheet. I want to see what's going on." And so he goes through, and and I said, "Well, I have there's a little bit of zin in the same vineyard." And I said, "Well, how how'd we do on the on the on the zin there from the potato patch? Because we were having a little bit of a uh, ripening thing, it's it set really shy with a lot of little small berries. And he goes, well, we got 29 brick sugar, 0.9 acid acidity, which is crazy high acid. Mm-hmm. and But that is normal for us on the coast because mm-hmm. we don't get the heat spikes. Yep. So this last year, you know, talking about the harvest, we went all the way through harvest without a heat spike which gave us just beautiful ripening weather. Mm-hmm. And so there there wasn't kind of the crazy um, dash to harvest, everything you could set your harvest times almost a week ahead because you had these beautiful ripening curves that, that we were able to come in, harvest. And uh, um, a, lot, a lot of years, you know, you might get, especially around Labor Day, uh, two or three stint of crazy heat and, and that, that's when you see, like, every truck in wine country moving. Yeah, Everybody's calling. in a mad dash. <laughs> and we're all, like, going so crazy. Yeah, and, and tempers get short and yeah, stress goes up. And there's not enough people to do all the work you need to do. You
0: didn't make a lot of this Chardonnay, though. So and it's, we're, we're about to. So we're going to tease everybody. We, and really, you're going to have to wait for the next vintage for some of it. Right, right. Okay.
2: No, we, uh, we actually, uh, uh, this is the last case you are really? drinking probably the one of the last bottles. Oh, my
0: goodness. Um, that the winery
2: has? That the winery has, Some in,
1: yes. Some distributors may have inventory, though. No. No? No. Oh, no. no. man. They've all sold this it. Is,
2: uh, <laughs> you want the vineyard to shine through. And, and we're doing such small lots. It's mm-hmm. not about manipulating it to taste like something. It's about letting the vineyard shine through on each lot individually. So, and And by doing that, each year is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be how the vineyard... Acted that year The weather it saw and, and so each Each bottling Is going to be individual
1: That's, that's uh, totally The line of demarcation Between between Mass produced And good Artisanal style right? The, right, the, right And I was trying To explain that To somebody Who's not familiar With the wine industry uh, Just yesterday And I was like You know If you're selling Pallet after pallet After pallet you got to make sure That it tastes Pretty much the same Every year Right And that's not going To be the expression Of the vineyard Or the expression Of Mother Nature at all But when you're making Smaller lots you're mm-hmm. in mean, smaller amounts, then you're going to have a little bit more variation from year to year, Yes. and uh, which you should be enjoying as a wine right. consumer. And However, when that's you have good. like a wine list that you're never going to change or something like that in a restaurant, and you right. are just selling just tons and tons and tons of wine, you're just not going to have a whole, as much character, mm. you right.
2: know. If you're if you're making a hundred thousand cases year after year of a certain product, you want that to taste. Consistent with it, like Coca Cola, like Coca Cola, yeah.
0: And some of them kind of do taste like Coca Cola, yeah. <laughs> what is the? Um, I'm going to switch gears here for a minute um, while we're getting another wine ready to go. Um, we're we're getting ready to do the Pinot. What? Sure. Where'd Murder Ridge come from? Do you want? So, are you going to be doing something? So, oh yeah, oh, thank you.
1: Yeah, that's a kind of a weird name.
2: Yes, oh, it's yes. attention getting for sure. Right, right. I, I when I'm at different pourings, I have quite a few people just coming to me saying I saw your name I got to try the wine
0: yeah mm-hmm.
2: and and ho- hopefully they're pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. every time um so so the name came from uh the the, the block of, our block of pino vineyard is actually planted on the site of a murder that happened in 1911 oh. and I was uh I was I I was over at our neighbor so every day when I developed Um, you know, we're up, we're up in the woods, we're on dirt roads, we're off the grid, there's no electricity in the area. And so at lunch, I would go over to my neighbor's house. And um, I call him one of the old timers. He was one of my, my mentors is named George Zini, And every day, we would have the same lunch, we would have a slice of Wonder Bread, (laughs) salami sliced off a, a a big thick chunk of salami mm-hmm. and a piece of cheese, and mm-hmm. then we would have Carlo Rossi in a mason jar with ice in it.
1: <laughs> Sounds so, like my grandparents.
2: That was every day, and the Carlo Rossi was kept under the sink. <laughs> and and so you know, we would we would be talking at lunch, and and one day he um, he goes, well, you know, that murder happened right there where you're planting the vineyard, where you're oh, working gosh. right now. And I knew I knew of the murder, it, you know. And uh, but I never realized exactly where it had happened. Mm. And so that so what we where we planted our vineyard is the old homestead of Peter Ginoli and Peter Ginoli murdered the neighbor, Joseph Cooper, who was the neighbor homesteader and stole his wine. (laughs)
1: Yeah, but left his money in his wallet I'm I'm reading the little story This is 1911, this is so great One of the things that you guys give out And it's the news account from January 6th of 1911 Old man foully murdered I love the writing Old man foully Yeah we have to describe how the murder happened. It was really? foul. Yeah. But uh, it seems like he had $7.50 on his person and a demijohn of wine. The wine was missing, but the money was found in <laughs> his coat.
2: Right, right. Of course the wine was
1: missing.
0: He was 70. Poor guy. Oh, man. Must yeah. have been some good wine. Right. It was
1: very good. Oh, and the last line, why he should be murdered is a mystery.
0: Yeah. <laughs> why he and should be
2: murdered. So to, fo- to follow up on that story, he was arrested by the sheriff, taken mm-hmm. to the local uh, courthouse in Ukiah. He was tried but acquitted on a technicality. Oh. The technicality was they could not prove the bones were those of Joseph Cooper that they had collected. Mm. No DNA and back then. No DNA. Yeah. And wow. so they released him from jail. He walked back, you know, because that's back then you, you did a lot of walking. <laughs> and uh, he came back and he, and he threatened everybody who had testified against him, so all of his neighbors. And so they called the sheriff and said, hey, this guy's threatening to kill us. And he, the sheriff came back out, rearrested him, and he ended up in the insane asylum of Mendocino County for seven years.
0: Wow. wow. Um, what a story.
2: And we, we actually we, we, were, we went to the research library and were able to pull the records of him being in, interned into the asylum. And when he was released, but from the moment he was released on, we have never been able to find a record of him. Hmm. So we're thinking, so the family story was always, um, yeah, yeah, he did it. I mean, he got off. When he got back, we sent him to it, back to Italy. And so <laughs> we're assuming they just left out the seven years in the asylum. Part. Yeah. The, uh,
1: Giannoli is the last name right. of the yeah. uh, perpetrator. What's,
2: the what's, perp. what's additionally interesting about this is I actually farm the Gianoli ranch next door. Mm. Um, which were his cousins, which the, or the Ginolis that stayed. Oh. And we have five and a half acres of vineyard over there and the old Ginoli Winery on the property. Um, so it's all kind of comes together over time.
1: <laughs>
0: that is so interesting. Story. And uh, where did, yeah. where's the Pinot from that we are drinking? So th-
2: so this Pinot is from uh, the Murder Ridge block of Pinot Noir and also the ginoli ranch Mm -hmm. so we were since i farmed the ginoli ranch we were busy picking our Pinot and we ran over to pick a little bit from the ginoli ranch and while we were at it i thought "Ah, hey you know this would be great i'm just going to grab a bin and we'll send it in with ours so we it was all co-fermented it all went in together Um, and so it was for the previous year we did just pearly this one we call pearly janoli mm. because we added a little bit of ginoli fruit to it. So it was all farm that I, all fruit that I farmed, um, all fermented it's together. It's a pretty
1: nose. It is Thanks. really great and it's really beautiful, but it's like it's so light but it's got such flavor. You you get It's that. light in color, but mm-hmm. like
0: it's it feels a lot right. bigger. It's it's uh it's it's surprising on the palate, you know, because you I don't expect that. And I don't smell that sweaty, foresty kind of I get some herbs, but I get more mm-hmm. perfume and right. and flowers, so it's a uh, I love it. Yeah. I love the nose.
1: Yeah, I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. And again, this viscosity continues. I mean, obviously, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, very different, but it's it's got some body to it.
2: Right. It has the body. It has the the brightness. It's a mm-hmm. very bright wine. All you know, which I relate back to the coastal, the coastal influence. But yeah, and I, and I don't want to describe elevation. it as heavy in any way. No, either.
1: Yeah, no. it's definitely beautiful no. and light, but it's a good mouth coater. Right. Yeah, this is one I could
0: drink all day.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, we have our 17 Pinot is bottled, so we are able to move directly into the 17 Mm Pinot.
0: Um,
2: um, like I said, our vineyards are in five to 10 acre blocks over a three and a half mile section of ridgetop. So everyone has this different elevation, has its own soils and its own terroir, um, from vineyard to vineyard. And everyone, it's amazing how different they are, Mm -hmm. even though, you know, they're all pearly vineyards, they're all from the same ranch, but, each one is, is individual. Where this, where this Pinot comes from, it's a very orange timber soil with, with, like, it looks like big chunks of salt in it. It's just full of quartz, <laughs> white mm-hmm. quartz. And I've, I've been around a lot of places, and I haven't seen no, really m- much like quartz in a vineyard. So it it has this. You look down the row and you just see all this quartz, kind
1: of sparkly. It's kind of sparkly. I really like the well, finish. That sounds magical. Right.
0: Yeah. The more this sits on my palate, I just feel I feel like midnight is what I want to say. Midnight. So maybe I see those sparkling right, quartzes quartz. and the midnight star. Mm-hmm. Well, That's I
2: good. I keep looking in the quartz for gold.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not yet. None.
2: None Well oh, the gold but, is the wine anyway, be, right, right right Yeah right, there right. you go. Well, be, people told me, I think my grandfather always told me uh, well, they're gold and then they're hills. You, well you <laughs> can find gold in quartz. If you have quartz you have gold. Really? And so um, think, you know you yeah. have little veins little veins in it. and, and uh, he actually but actually he had years ago a geologist come up and say, nope, no gold here. Mm-hmm. And then so if you move just to, to our potato patch vineyard, that has the reason it's called Potato Patch is because the, all the homesteaders gathered in that spot to grow potatoes, mm-hmm. and actually it was owned by George Zini's father, um, who I'd spoken about earlier, and so the neighbors would all gather there and plant their potatoes because it had about a foot of what we call white thorn soil. It's a black powdery soil, which grew really beautiful potatoes. A foot under the, that that is broken sandstone. Mm-hmm. and so that vineyard makes a completely different wine. So the Chardonnay came from that soil and the Pinot came from the quartz laden soil. If you I've just planted a little Pinot up there and we got our first harvest from it. We, we planted Martini clone and it took an extra 3 weeks to ripen this year than the than the other even it was three, it's 300 feet in elevation higher. It took three, three weeks longer to ripen and made a very different wine.
0: Interesting. Yeah. And
2: so it's, a, it's an interesting as you go from one to the other, which is giving us. And so I, like my early training with Ed Meads, I'm keeping every little piece barrel by barrel separate. And then I'm going to use that as a palette to blend to, to make the wine. So it's that, so
1: interesting to really be able to follow it from the very beginning mm-hmm. through, like, the soil type and harvest time and all that kind of stuff, all the way through the
0: end. Right. That's got to be so fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: No, it's great. It's yeah. Great.
0: What's uh, the next one we're going to do?
2: We, we're out of the 15s in too, by the way.
0: In our glass now, we have, again, something you're teasing right, right. us <laughs> with because we can't get. Yeah, yeah. Son of a. Mm. Mm. Yeah. But that's okay that because we know the new vintage is coming up. And that yes. happens a lot at this time of year yeah. when we're recording this is, you know, we're transitioning. So uh, we're drinking your Zinfandel now?
2: Yes. So so this is our Wildlands Zin. We actually, in 2014, made two mm. Zins, a Pearly and Wildlands. Wildlands is, is roughly 50-50 Pearly Vineyards and Fashower Vineyards, which is also in that Mendocino Ridge, mm-hmm. AVA, Zinfandel. And the two of them together really married really nice. And, and the fast hours farm farmed by, by my buddy, Van Williamson. And so we would, you know, we're always, you know, we're, 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 we're pretty close. So we'd go back and forth and he buys for witching stick a lot of grapes from me. And uh, and so I was buying a little bit of Zin from him, putting it together with ours, which really made a nice, nice...
0: You know, it really makes a difference when you have a Zin from a cooler climate and right. higher altitude. I mean, right. I really can taste the difference in this. It's... You know, a lot of people don't buy Zins anymore or, or as much because they're so heavy sometimes right. and jammy and, and uh, such a high alcohol right. content. But this is really yeah. um, the, the, more the... bright.
2: That it gives a very so the coastal influence, a higher altitude, the cooler climate, it gives Oof. it that brightness, and so we're actually we're able to get those higher sugars. We leave it out there till you know you're biting your fingernails off because <laughs> the rain's coming, mm-hmm. things are going crazy, but the you're waiting for the acidity to start to drop in the Zinfandel, mm-hmm. and it, so you're so you're getting a very ripe grape that's really fresh so it doesn't have any of those pruney type flavors Mm-mm. it stays really fresh but full mm-hmm. and not overly jammy you
0: get that cherry um, on the finish too that's that, like a mm. this
2: this area of the mendocino ridge is known traditionally for the zinfandel it was the old the italian homesteaders brought zinfandel sticks with them and so like my vineyard uh, most of my zinfandel is own rooted i went to the neighbor we pruned i took the sticks over to my place and i stuck them in the ground <laughs> that's how that's how we did it mm-hmm. and when the the italians brought the zinfandel with them and so they're vineyards up there planted in the late 1800s that that i was able to get the wood from uh for my vineyards wow and and so when i started it was you know pino was kind of that thing out there but But Zinfandel was the grape of the area, so that's what I started planting. Um, Ed Meads came to me right away, hey, (laughs) we want that. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it worked, so I just kept planting Zinfandel. And then uh, I was a good friend of mine is uh, Peter Segacio of Mm Segacio Winery. And he was up in Talk uh, about (laughs) Zin. I I had planted (laughs) Zinfandel for Pete, and we're standing over the Murder Ridge block. It wasn't there yet. And he says, "Uh, Steve— this is Pinot country, not Zinfandel country. And I'm like, no, uh, no, 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 no. I don't think so. You're not pulling that one on me. Mm-hmm. You know, and, uh, and so, you get, uh, and my thing was, I was having a hard time getting two, two and a half tons of, uh, an acre on my Zin, so it was very hard to make a profit. And a Zin cluster is three to four times the size of a Pinot cluster. Mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, and so I said to him, I said, Zin cluster, <clears throat> Pinot cluster, not happening. <laughs> and uh, so one day, and so it actually went on for uh, a couple years, and one day I'm sitting in the office with him, and uh, next thing I know, he shoves a contract across the table. <laughs> it says, plant Pinot. And I'm like, yeah, and there was kind of more more numbers on there than I'd ever seen in my life. And I said, I'm Platin <laughs> <laughs> <Right there.
0: laughs> Yeah, right there. Let's go. We're doing it. Where do
2: I sign? Right. Where do I sign? <laughs> and uh, so that, yeah, actually, you know, I, I have to I have to give uh, credit to Peter Segacio's infidel man. For us in in the Mendocino Ridge starting to plant Pinot. Uh, yeah. And he mm-hmm. was the impotence and when I started, mm. then a few other guys got going and now Pinot is, is the, the king of grapes in the Mendocino Ridge coast. Because nice. we're just you know, we're just north of Annapolis, right there on the coast. Mm-hmm. But we're at quite a bit higher elevation.
1: So you got the Zin though here that yep. we have in our glass, and that's kinda is that your um, Tied to history that you want to keep it rolling? Yes, yes, yeah.
2: and we'll do. So we see Murder Ridge, you know, um, mostly as a Pinot Chardonnay brand, but we're going to keep with a with a Zinfandel and a little bit of Syrah, a Syrah blend, red Ooh. wine blend. Ooh, Syrah, and
1: Syrah so blend. And so mm-hmm. we're doing and
2: I actually, I planted, uh, you know, this is another story going back to Billy Crawford, McDowell Valley Vineyards, and he wanted a coastal Syrah. And, you know, again, I was like, oh, I, I don't know. You know? And uh, so he he comes up and up, you know, and he has the oldest Syrah clone in California. The oldest Syrah planting It's now owned by Marietta, um, the old McDowell place. And so we actually we planted uh, part of the Potato Patch Vineyard to Syrah for McDowell Valley Vineyards. And since then. Now, you know, uh, McDowell is, has has gone by, and and we're selling to quite a few small um, small ultra premium Syrah producers. I actually get more phone calls mm. for my Syrah fruit than I do for any other fruit. The only problem is, is everybody only wants to make two tons. Is everybody wants a high end cool climate Syrah? We're picking it uh, for most of clients at about twenty three and a half bricks. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a cool climate, uh, usually in the second week of October. Mm-hmm. Um, I leave my Syrah for the red wine blend that we're doing out just a, a few more days. Um, so I, I want to pick my Syrah at 24, 24 and a half. Mm-hmm. So just a little bit riper, and a little more weight than, than most. Of, otherwise, I'd just be the same as the other guys. Yeah. So is
0: that what's in the next one right. we're trying? We so have the blend? This yeah.
2: is it's it's called... Uh, my Mylena, and it uh, so it's um, we. There's 20 percent Petite Sirah in this.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It, it, so you you're gonna see my numbers are off here. It's 20 percent Petite Syrah, 80 percent Syrah with Zinn and Merlot. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: my kind of math. So, <laughs> it's over 100 <100%, laughs> percent, baby. Right, yeah, it it's is. a red blend. Right. Yeah. And
2: uh, so what what I actually do is I. We have a little bit of petite Syrah in the Zinfandel. Mm-hmm. And so I go through the Zinfandel and I mark off two little short rows of petite Syrah. And the Zinfandel ripens two weeks before because it's there's a 500 foot elevation difference between mm. the Zinfandel and the, the Syrah vineyard. Mm-hmm. And so the Syrah comes in two weeks after the Zinfandel. So I mark off my two rows. We come in with nets. We totally, completely net the vines, so nothing, no little critters can get in there. Mm-hmm. And then we wait for two weeks until the Syrah comes, it ripens. My guys and I, so it's four of us, we're down there. We pick the Petite Syrah into a bin. We run up, and so we pick that in the night. We run up, and in the morning, the crew shows up, and then we fill it up with Syrah grapes on top.
1: Ah, and so but do those nets serve as any kind of a deterrent to the bear that's been
0: breaking yeah. in for the survey? <laughs> oh yeah, tell us yeah, about that. I wish. Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Net, nets can't compete with Irish Spring for keeping bears out. Let me tell you.
0: Did you put the they, video on your website so if people listening want to go on and see this bear? Um, there, there
2: is a little video on the website, but not of the particular uh, bear that I showed you. I so, so this was amazing video. So we we. Uh, uh, over time, uh, the bears have increased on the Mendocino Coast. Mm-hmm. And so it used to be we could see a bear track every now and then, and then we a little more. Now, I believe, uh, and then I started putting cameras out. I believe I have three bears living on the property. Wow. I you have like
1: nest for vineyards. Right, right. <laughs> I, ha-
2: I have the one, the one that I showed you guys, uh, big male. Mm-hmm. He loves Syrah. And, and he,
0: how much did he eat?
2: He ate about 500 pounds. This oh my
0: year. God! So what does that equate over, to you, a small a farmer? 500 uh, pounds of uh, Syrah grapes. Pretty close to
2: a thousand bucks.
0: Dang, yeah. that's expensive taste. Yes, yeah, yes. it's a classy bear. <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: and he's going to be a rug on my floor right, soon. Right. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> just kidding. No, no, no.
0: We, we love animals. I love I've, my bears. Just, yeah, <laughs> I love my bears. The,
2: uh, so when when they come, I watch for them, and when they start coming in. And, you know, they'll come in and they'll walk the vineyard and you'll see them do a taste here and there. <laughs> that, that's okay. This doesn't have the spot. proper acidity right. for me. <laughs> yeah. that, that, that's actually right. They're, they're testing for taste. Yeah. And, we, when, mm-hmm. and right about two weeks before harvest, they start to decide, okay— Time to eat grapes.
1: We've gotten up to my sugar level that I'm okay with. (laughs) That's right.
2: And uh, so I actually, I go down, I go down and I buy a bunch of Irish spring soap. And I walk through the vineyard with my pocket knife slicing off little shards of Irish spring soap all over the vineyard. And I'll get a good week out of the Irish spring soap because the bears are so tentative that they'll they'll come out and they'll smell smell and they'll think, I don't know about that. And and so they'll keep coming until they get used to it. Once they get used to it, they come back in, um, and then I go buy shampoo, mm-hmm. and we we do it all over again. And so generally it works it works pretty good. This year I was so busy dealing with other vineyard things I hadn't got down to the particular spot. And this was at our we have a little Syrah block and it's our hog pin block. I hadn't gotten down there to to take a look and by the time I got down there the bottom row had no grapes they were all gone and so then I was in a rush of you know where's my soap <laughs>
1: uh, where's my soap for shampoo have you tried Alberto VO5 right yeah <laughs> that is really really cheap and very fragrant right I'm just right. gonna that make is... a suggestion because I know okay. my mom used to Perfect. use it it's oh. really um, odorous and really really cheap that's that's what we
2: need and, then, yeah. and I have a <laughs> I have one other. I have a female bear that uh, that goes into the Chardonnay.
1: Oh, you are. Uh-huh. I was really going to guess on. that. I'm like, come <laughs> on. No way.
2: No, she only eats Chardonnay. <laughs> oh, and she comes in. I've got, I've got <laughs> pictures typical. of her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she comes in and she eats the Chardonnay. But, you know, the other day. Is she wearing pearls?
0: Right. Right. She
2: has a beautiful necklace. Yeah. Uh, the... Uh, the other day, I'm, I'm driving out of the ranch on, so Fish Rock Road goes through our place, a little dirt road. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have two, we have old chestnut orchards that were planted by the Italians at the turn of the century. They and love I, those. I'm whipping by one of the chestnut orchards, mm-hmm. and I think, whoa, wait a second. And I hit reverse, of my pickup, back up, and there she is. I get the, the the female bear that eats the Chardonnay. She's standing there eating chestnuts, looking at me. Like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what are you looking like, at? Hey, <laughs> hey, One cannot live on Chardonnay, Chardonnay
1: alone, right? <laughs> right? right. That's, that's hilarious. So
2: so yeah, so I love yeah I love I actually really enjoy the bears and and I, so, I but I think the
1: different taste the female right, likes it. That think, is come on. Right,
2: really good. Right. that's and good. What's <laughs> funny is the bears. We have had them get into the Pinot a little bit. Every other animal, Pinot is their favorite. I mean, by far. It's a like really birds, good... birds and... Birds, raccoons, coyotes, foxes, you name it. They all love the Pinot. So when we net everything. And yeah. so we had... The first thing we had to start netting was the Pinot because it wouldn't... The first... the Going back on a little story. So the first year I was selling, I was supposed to be selling the crop to Peter Segasio. and um, there was about half a ton. It was the third crop, third leaf. There was about half a ton an acre out there, and so I'm watching it ripen. Everything's going good, and I came back one day and there wasn't a freaking cluster on anything. Oh my gosh! And I thought,
0: what? Oh yeah. no!
2: The turkeys. We had this huge flock of turkeys came in and took every berry.
1: How tall is right. a turkey, though? I didn't think they With, could. So
2: uh, turkeys are fairly tall. Yeah. And our cordon in that vineyard's 32 inches. Oh, yeah. they can And so they could stand and just sit there, and they pecked off everyone. And I called, you know. I hope
0: they had a stomach ache. Right. I do, too.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. There should have been some tasty Thanksgiving yeah. turkeys. Oh, yeah. So, that would be good, actually. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> now we're thinking.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: So but that that's the type. So after that, we bought nets, and we started netting everything. And, the challenges, uh, right? right a man. Friend. But the one thing I found out is, yeah, I shouldn't say this, but nothing ate Merlot. Oh. <laughs> well, crows
0: were allegedly
1: the ones right. that gave Merlot its name.
2: No, they the crows the crows go to the Zinfandel.
1: Not crows. The, well, just little blackbirds. Actually. The little blackbirds. The, the blackbirds. blackbirds, the yeah starlings. Speaking.
2: So, oh, go ahead. We I just we have a murder of crows.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, yeah, that and that's hangs, what I
1: love about the the artwork. Written, so great.
2: That hangs around the ranch, and they would go to the Zinfandel. They always go to the Zinfandel every time. Really? They don't visit any of the other vineyards. They visit the Zinfandel. That's so so we started netting the Zinfandel for the crows.
0: And they're what's and on your label, right? Yes. Is that how that happened?
2: So we have a, uh, the label is a, a tree with crows in it, um, silhouetted, and my wife does all the artwork. It's um, so incredible. So this is a, a really a family project. My wife does all the artwork. She does, that's all done in chalk. Um it's and, awesome. And then my kids, we, we use a wax uh, for the top. We dip in wax. Mm-hmm. And my kids do all the dipping, and they're friends. So it's got to be – I'll hear, are we going to dip, uh, you know, pretty soon? Because <laughs> you know, everybody's looking for – uh, a few bucks. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, you pay him. But, That's nice. That's they, nice for uh, you to
0: pay him. Right, right, right. They make That's your it, rent. Yeah, it's your rent. <laughs> yeah.
2: And they make it, We found out that uh, when we started this, my daughter was eighth grade or freshman, and she would bring her friends, and it was a great thing. But we, we would make it till we fed them lunch. Mm-hmm. After lunch, forget it. Game You're game not on. getting any work done after yeah. that. So we would push lunch back. Oh, yeah, we're going, yeah, people are going to get the pizzas right now. <laughs> lunching at three. Right, we're lunching at three. But they, yeah, they love it. And, you know, it's fun to have the whole family. They're doing something together and.
1: And not looking at a screen, right? Right, re- yeah. re- not
2: looking at a screen. The phones are down, um, you know, and like I said, you know, my wife doing the artwork and she's, you know, amazing at chalk. And we, had, mm-hmm. we have beautiful stuff at home and. And so, Does she
1: sell her art outside of doing the labels no, for you guys?
2: Mm-hmm. No, no. She well, has she a degree should. in art from Sonoma State. Because I'm like, and,
0: what's her website? Because I'm going to go start
1: right. looking at yeah. it. I really like it. It's really nice artwork. Uh, thank you. Thank what you.
0: a great story, the whole thing. Thank you for coming in and sharing your wines and your story and, and everything with us this morning. Uh, Murder Ridge. This blend, by the way, the Syrah. Oh, that's right. Buddy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I really like it. It's going down easy. It's, it's, it's wonderful. It's well, thanks so much for coming in and talking with us and telling us the story.
2: Thanks, no, thanks for having me.
1: It's pretty fun and here. educational, and I learned a little bit more, which is always good. So. Yeah,
0: I like uh, I know now, I know what animals like what grapes, right? Right. At least right. in right. the Her Mendocino. The best. <laughs> well, we have
2: them down. Yeah, yeah. we know what's where. Uh, yeah, how, and how they work.
0: Well, Steve Alden. Good luck and congratulations on a great uh, product, and we look forward to seeing you again and drinking more of your wines. And hopefully
1: trying to get more of this wine. We've got to score that.
0: Get in a pre-order, Yeah, right. right.
1: Grape Minds is produced at WGCU Studios on FGCU Campus in Fort Myers, Florida. Our producers for
0: online media are Anna Bejarano and Tara Calligan. Technical production is by Mike Canary. Great Minds theme music for Zante is by Colin Mannon. To get in touch, check GreatMinds.org or call the Grape Line and ask a wine question that we can address on a future show. Show. That number is seven zero seven two zero zero three six three two. Thanks for listening.